we knew that it had to be something that would catch your eye and make you think, they have a lot of guts if they're gonna name themselves that. It certainly can't be what it sounds like. The word obedient is very subversive, especially as two women founders. We thought it was a really fun turn of phrase to say that we're doing it opposite. So that's Lindsay Rush and Ali Lafever, co-founders of Obedient Agency. Obedient is a humor, branding, and marketing agency that works to turn businesses into unforgettable brands. They seek to bring more levity, positivity, and personality into both marketing and the world. In this episode, we talk about integrity, asking why not instead of why, and not playing a coward's game. I'm Maureen Taylor, and this is Think Like a Founder. Ali, you actually wanted to be a veterinarian, and even though becoming a founder wasn't at the forefront of your mind, you said that it's in your blood. Tell us about that. As a kid, I think I was kind of of two minds. I was a big science geek, and then I was a highly creative kid, too. I grew up in a family that were all kind of micro entrepreneurs and they all had small businesses. So my mother is a hairdresser. My grandfather was a barber. My two uncles have businesses. My two aunts do. And all they knew was living and dying by their career. They really encouraged me to put money and success at the forefront of my journey. And so I kind of left this creative side of me by the wayside, not thinking that it really held any value in terms of pursuing that as a career path. So I pursued the science path. I went into college wanting to be a veterinarian, but very quickly I realized that I wasn't that interested in that path. But when I got out of college, I started working at consulting firms. I started a blog, which was humorous pieces about being a 20-something in Chicago. And it started to get a little traction. And a couple partners that I worked with at the firm took notice. And when they were leaving to create their own business, they asked me to join them as a VP of engagement. And this was my first foray into doing anything creative in a professional setting. It was baptism by fire. (laughs) So that was the first time as an adult, I got to do something I was excited about, I loved, I was good at, and I thought, oh my God, I could actually do this for a career. And Lindsay, you were always creative ever since you were a little kid. So your story. Sort of similar to Allie, I always expressed myself in writing, in poetry, in using my imagination, in creating worlds that didn't exist. And my mom was a teacher, and if we ever said that we were bored, she would say, go outside, write a play. Like, we didn't have cable TV growing up, so I would cast my sisters in plays that I would write. I would write funny skits. So I think using my imagination was always such an integral part of growing up. And then I got into theater, I got into music, and so just really that was such a rich, colorful part of my life. And writing was always a through line. And then in college, I went on to study film and I studied Spanish. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. The way I look at it now is that I knew I wanted to tell stories. I just chose a medium maybe that wasn't right for me. And so then I graduated and moved to Chicago, took the first corporate job offered to me and ended up leaving that job because I just thought there's got to be more than this. I want to do something that only I can do. I want to bring something to the world that is unique and special. So I just went off and sort of started dabbling. That's how I got into comedy writing. That's how I started doing journalism, which ultimately led me to start taking on clients for writing. I wrote the back covers of books. I wrote articles about beauty and travel and dating. 
all of that stuff, which eventually led me to realize that copywriting is essentially just telling stories in a compelling way that will make people take action. Such interesting journeys starting in the same place, some similarities, some differences. No matter what you're studying or what you're doing, it's like an itch that you know you have to scratch. There's something that you're searching for, like this feeling that you're supposed to be doing something. Did you both feel that way? I would always go to my corporate job and I would want to excel and do a great job and be a high achiever, performer, but I never felt satisfied. And I never felt like I was really tapping into the best parts of the thing that I knew I could bring to the table. And so when you come up with a clever idea or you write something that is surprising and unique and different, it like just lights something up in you and you go, wow, yeah, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. This is the way I'm supposed to share my gift and communicate. And I just felt like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, wow, I can actually do something that I find joy in and I find delightful. And Lindsay, you too. I relate to that a lot. I think there's something with originality and being able to create something that didn't exist before. And when you catch that bug of saying, I'm gonna add my touch to this, and if I didn't, it would be a totally different product. And then being able to create that service for other people and know that no agency out there is offering the thing that we're offering in the way that we're offering it. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling of being special and feeling of helping in a way that only you can, that is that itch. That is something that founders all have in common. Even if you can't make a living at it, it's still part of your life. Now, how did you find each other? Allie, describe the first time you guys got together. My very best guy friend from high school connected us uh, via text and said that you two, uh, I think his words were, you're the two funniest women I know. I think you would love each other. You need to meet. And so we met up for coffee and... We met at this cute little hippy-dippy restaurant where I made Lindsay sit on the floor. And it was everything my buddy had said it would be. We just instantly had chemistry and kind of never looked back. And then I think it was a sort of slow drip into becoming closer and closer friends. And then the discussions around career and writing and branding and that started happening. We started a humor podcast right around the time that we decided to start Obedient. We dabbled in a creative project together via this podcast before committing to this agency. And I think that's where we realized how we thrive, how our differences really bring something good to the table. And at that point, then it was like, let's go all in. This is clearly a really good fit. And we did. And that's a risk too, especially to become personally involved, be friends, you know, you realize you have the same values and you really like each other and there's all of that stuff going on. And then business, what was it like? How did you decide to actually try it, make the leap? So we initially partnered on a couple projects and those just were seamless. I think we were better together. I loved working in communion with someone. I didn't realize how isolated I felt in my own business until I got to hash it out with someone else and how much better our ideas got and how much bigger our vision got when we got to partner up. And like you mentioned, you're married to your business partner. Like we kind of had to enter into almost a marriage. You're contractually obligated to someone, your dreams, your hopes, your visions, your finances are all woven with someone. And so that's like a big deal. And so I think we're so fortunate that we're now six years in and we've had, I would say, like a pretty seamless relationship, which has been incredible.
so many people talk about work-life balance as if work is different from life. I've never quite understood it, but it is good no matter what you're doing to take things one step at a time. My understanding is that obedience started with a specific voice, tone, and vision, and both of you wanted to do something different from the norm. And to maintain that, you needed to be strict about some of the kinds of clients that you wanted to take on. So Lindsay, tell us about that. I think that was part of the risk of going all in when we started Obedient was because we each had this business we were running independently. We had clients that we imagined would want to hire Obedient. For example, when we started Obedient, we stopped doing our other businesses. We had to say no to a lot of clients whose needs or vision did not align with this new agency of ours. And that was a very tough thing to turn down projects and contracts, especially at the beginning of starting a business. But we just knew that if we don't set the standard and the tone exactly right and high and specific, it is going to take us longer to get the reputation and the notoriety as this thing that we want to be, which was humor specific, unconventional, all of that stuff. It was tricky and it was challenging, but it really, really paid off for us. I think what we realize is marketing and branding as a whole is often preying on the insecurities and perceived inadequacies of their consumer. And we just knew that that to us is a coward's game. And we wanted to upend not just the way creative work was done, but the way kind of our industry operated as a whole. I think we really deeply trust ourselves and trust each other. And so we knew that even if we didn't have all the answers, we were both the type of people who would figure out how to make it possible. And we were willing to do whatever it took to make that happen. Trust is such an awesome five-letter word and probably the hardest thing to give and to get. Not to sound sanctimonious, but if you have similar enough values, you look at money and people and things the same way, the shot at being able to stay together, to be successful, productive, efficient, it's more on your side if you have the same values. So Lindsay, did you understand that you had the same values from the very beginning? It was evident early on in our friendship, then definitely in some of these creative endeavors. And then I think when we landed on the name Obedient, it became our mission statement in one word to hold everything up against that, not just the work we were doing for our clients, the way we were structuring our work days, the way we were collaborating, the way that the client experience was. Is this just the norm because it's the way that things have been done? Or are we being obedient when we should be swimming upstream, not just for the sake of swimming upstream, but because there's a better way, because there's more fun along the way, because there's more adventure to be had. And so I think when we became aligned on that name, we also became aligned on that mission. And I think given both of our backstories, we've never taken a traditional path anywhere. And we support each other along the way. We're not saying, wait, 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 be safe or do it this way or so-and-so says it's this way. We're aligned on saying why not instead of why. The name, it just so cracks me up because opposite of everything, how did you come up with that name? I can remember our brainstorm in Allie's kitchen. We had big construction paper on the wall and we knew that it had to be something that would catch your eye and make you think they have a lot of guts if they're going to name themselves that. It certainly can't be what it sounds like. What was it about that word? The word obedient is very subversive, especially as two women founders, women being associated with obedience and being women who were kind of bucking the system and bucking tradition and doing things unconventionally. We thought it was a really fun turn of phrase to say that we're doing it opposite. Like we are doing it anything but obedient.
what about failure? Because there's always something that doesn't work. And how do you deal with that? Let's start with you, Lindsay. Well, I do think laughter does help. Being able to not take yourself too seriously in those moments does help you recover and bounce back. It also helps to know that if you're not failing, you're not trying. You have to attempt things in order to see if they work. And I think I can speak for our agency and the two of us in saying that we would rather try and fail than have never tried. That is something we have to educate our clients on. Sometimes when you're doing humorous things and you're breaking from the pack, there is risk there. People will not always get it. But we think that if you do the right amount of strategy, the right people will get it and they are all that matters. And the more you can focus on them and not listen to the rest, the better collectively, we are both really quick to kill our darlings and to pivot. We can kind of quickly sense if something is steering in the wrong direction, if it's careening off the cliff. That's something that we've just had to get really good at is we have to let go of of ideas or directions we thought were really strong. I can't think of a single time when we forced ourselves into that process, even if it was begrudgingly and unwillingly, that we haven't ultimately ended up in a better direction. You have to be willing to go, okay, that didn't work. So let's try something else, quickly pivot and just keep moving forward. The word pivot is significant and not to grieve. Not that you're not sorry that something doesn't work out, but to be able to then go and do something else. Now, thinking of my favorite person out there, maybe listening, one word of advice to them from you. Allie, you go first. No matter what you do in life, if you do it with a sense of integrity, I think it's more powerful than just being authentic because I think integrity, you hold firm to a a bigger, deeper set of values and morals. I think that you will never be steered wrong. You will put out the best work. You will make what you think are the most ethically sound decisions. I think you will pick the best partnerships. You will have the best ideas. If you really have a strong, integral foundation, it sets you up for success. I think my piece of advice to people out there would be to remember that not everyone has to get it. More often than not, your best work won't ever appeal to the masses. And if you chase your best work, then the rest of the pieces will fall in line. And you can't worry that it's going to have this mass appeal that everyone will understand what you're trying to create. That was Lindsay Rush and Ali Lefevre co-founders of Obedient Agency. Obedient uses humor, fun, and personality to make companies memorable. Learn more at obedientagency.com. Join us next time on Think Like a Founder when I talk to Amy Yin, founder and CEO of Office Together. We talk about being raised to start a business, using failure as a starting point, and making your career just one aspect of your life. I'm Maureen Taylor. Thanks for listening. Series producer is Mike Sullivan. Sound design by Mark Green. Content and scripting by Jason Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Roisin Hunt, Selena Persiani-Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Ren Vera. <laughs>